What up? What up? Oh, through line nation. The throughsers. The T-liners. The rules. I can't do it. Um, what's up, everybody? Happy... What's today? So, for me, it's Christmas Eve, Tuesday. So, for you, it's the day after. Happy day after Christmas. Happy holidays. It would be, what... Five days after Hanukkah is over, Kwanzaa. If Kwanzaa is your vibe, here's the deal: we're all trying to be diverse. I don't know anyone who celebrates Kwanzaa. I wish I did. I w- I wish I did because it would be cool to find out what it's all about, and maybe that's a goal for next year. Uh, thank you, everyone who's watched the Christmas special. Thanks anyone who shared the Christmas special. Thanks anyone who's commented on the Christmas special. If you haven't watched the Christmas special yet, you fucking pieces of shit. Imagine if that's how I felt. So, anyway, for those of you who don't know, jlarsoncomedy.com, jlarsoncomedy on all social media, um, go watch that Christmas special. It's dark. It's a little twisted. You know what's funny is I just do things sometimes, and I don't know they're twisted. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, yeah, this would just be normal. And then people watch it, and they're like, dude, what's, are you a little fucked up? And I'm like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know I was a little fucked up? I love being a little fucked up, dude. I love it. I mean, shouldn't we all be? We're all fucked up. Sometimes you're a little, sometimes you're a lot. You know those days when you're like even, you're nothing? I told my son one time, listen, you got to understand something about dad, man. He runs hot. Dad runs hot. And I swear to God, since then... There are times that I snap, like, helping him with stuff, and he'll go, Dad, you don't have to get so frustrated. And I'm like, God, this kid is like, you know, maybe I need to be the one who's hot, so he's not. I don't know. Um, anyway, Christmas is tomorrow for me. You guys just had Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas. if Even if you don't, th- some of the best Christmas I had were just going out and watching a movie with, you know, my Jewish friends. Here's the deal. You know, like, my mom is the queen. Queen. I think we all we all have done this at times. Have you ever... Someone tells you, mentioned something to you not to say about someone or about a thing. So then it's on the top of your brain, you know? So you're like, all right, yeah, fucking don't say that. And then the first thing you say is that thing. Have you, you guys done that? It's like the first thing you do. And... I don't know if it's from comedy or just like I I am like a you know I do this podcast because I like small little tiny minute details and in life I observe everything that's going on around me like I know like everything that's going on and so I usually make note of stuff like that and I and I don't really make that mistake it's but when it's like a long play and it's like uh, when it's just me to myself you know what I mean if someone was like. Hey, I'm taking off. You, you know what I wouldn't do if you're here at the house? I wouldn't do X. My brain's like, ah, I should probably fucking do that. So yesterday, which was the 23rd, my wife was leaving to go to work. And I'm taking the kids. And she goes, listen, I know you really well. I'm sure you haven't got me anything for Christmas yet. And I was like, uh, what? Get, you know, you don't know what, what I'm doing. I hadn't, I hadn't got her anything yet. And she goes, so just do me a favor. Just don't go crazy. You know, like, cause we're trying to like get a budget together, maintain. 
And uh, you know what I did? I bought her the most expensive gift I've ever got her as a gift. Outside of, like, I got her jewelry once, which was like 2500 She didn't wear it. It's so dumb. You know, like, sometimes you're like, watch this shit. You want to fucking see? You want to see how I feel about you? Look at this material good. Look at this rock someone pulled out of the earth. No one cares. Um, so I was like, I was at the comedy store on uh, the 22nd. And I hit up, there was like this comedian there, uh, Lisa Traeger. I think I've had her on here. Yeah, I think so. In the early days. She's the best. She is so funny. Lisa Traeger. Uh Spelt Liza, but pronounced Lisa. She's Russian, whatever. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to get my wife. Because I asked like the audience from stage, like, anyone got any? They didn't give a shit. And afterwards, she's like, you really haven't got her anything? I'm like, no. And she like made like three great suggestions. And like, I never ask people, because like, if I don't know someone super well, like I know Lisa from comedy and doing podcasts, but I don't know her super well that she might be like super considerate and a great gift giver. But she was like, what about, and like made three suggestions and they were all amazing. I'm like, these are all great ideas. This is, this is awesome. And we're like, we're trying to keep on a budget. But one of the things she says, what about like tickets to a play or a musical? Now, every year, I'd say in a calendar year, my wife and I go to on average, excuse me, four performances, plays, musicals, not including museums or installations if you will i'm talking like going out and seeing a play going to musicals sometimes you know we'll go we'll go big and like go see um what's the one about all the guys from uh Sherry? what are those guys frankie valley you know what i'm talking about whatever we saw that one down in downtown like at a big theater and those are like pricey like 120 dollars tickets and then we'll go to like local plays in my neighborhood you know what i mean we're like let's just go because you know my philosophy and i think her philosophy is like people are working hard at something they might not be the best in the world like we went one time with uh rory scovell he's a younger comic trying to make it and uh, a couple of his friends and um we went out to see al pacino in a play which was great. It was great. We left there and I was like, that was cool, huh? Pasadena Playhouse. And his friend Johnny was like, ah, no way. And I was like, really? What do you mean? He's like, they were just like overacting and pushing everything. They weren't projecting. And I was just like, I don't know. That was a good play. And I realized whether I'm going to see Al Pacino at the Pasadena Playhouse in this beautiful old big playhouse for $120 a ticket, or I'm going to a little tiny theater that seats 50 people you know, that's less than a mile from my house. You're watching people that are working hard at something. They practice. They gave their energy. It's what I always liked about David Lynch as a director is you watch some of the people and you're like, these guys are not good actors. And it, it for him, it doesn't matter. You know, like sometimes it just doesn't matter. In sports, you have to be a good athlete or a good sporter. You know, what I don't even know what you call it. Or you might not succeed until you get older and then then they take players on the team like, ah, he's a good locker room guy. Nah, he's a good locker room guy. There was this dude, I can't remember his name, but when Dennis Rodman was like playing on the Spurs, there was this tall seven-foot white dude who was not good, but he 
related to Dennis Rodman and kept Rodman in check. And the guy had a career because he was they people would just have him on the team to be around Rodman. So in that capacity, you can be a good locker room guy. Um, you know, but usually when it comes to like acting, people are like, ah, they're good actors. Otherwise, you take just like crappy, like, you know, budget is everything. If people don't have a big budget, you get who you can get unless they're like friends and they'll do stuff like that Christmas special where we had no budget and people did it because they were friends. So anyway, I like going to a small little performance because you just see people that have worked hard. You know, they might have a day job, whatever it is, but they can still be a great story. It can be directed well. There there could be a nugget in there somewhere that's going to make the whole performance, right? And at the same time, who gives a shit? You know? (laughs) Like, do we always have to watch everything because it's the best? It's not like every movie you watch wins Best Picture. That's not the case. You're going to like some stuff that's like a bad movie. And like, we we need to experience... But that's like my whole, my whole rant on why Yelp blows. Now, listen. I had to get my car fixed, right? Took it to the dealership. They were like, yeah, it's going to be all in. They told me 2400 Okay. So my my buddy has the same kind of car. He goes to this guy. I call over there. Twelve hundred. I'm gonna save twelve hundred dollars. They have fifty five star Yelp reviews. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going. I'm going there. They were amazing, and that's when Yelp can help. Trust me, I hate that that rhymed. Okay, listen. What am I a commercial? That's when Yelp can help. Go to Yelp.com. Um. So. But otherwise, Yelp is like this thing where like you go to a coffee shop and you have one bad experience and you got to fucking tell everyone how shitty they were because you're having a bad... It's like, you know, shut up. Have bad experiences in life. You know what I mean? Like, God. I remember when we were like, the soccer season ended for my son. They won every game except the last game. And one kid was bawling his eyes out. And like his parents were like, you were great. You know, like, and I just, I finally grabbed him and I go, dude, you're going to lose in life, dude. You're going to lose. Like, you know, don't take it so hard. This is a part of it. I mean, maybe for him, this was, it was also his first time ever playing a sport and he was really good. (sighs) Anyway, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get tickets. Now, you got to like, even when you're working on a budget, you got to do things in your life to step up and make life more interesting. You know what I mean? Like, you have to. Like, otherwise, what are we doing? You know, like, what's the point of even being on this earth? So we had like a hotel, one night stay at a hotel. I get a buddy. And uh, this is how funny my life is. My neighbor's kid, who's like, I think she's 14, makes fun of me because I always talk about my buddies. I'm like, oh, I got this buddy who, oh, I got this buddy. And she's like, Jay, how many buddies? I go, I got a lot of buddies, you know. My boy, Tommy Scappa, uh, my neighbor growing up, he always had a guy. He was the dude, he, he he was the guy who knew a guy. You know that friend? If you've never grown up in a small town, not even, you can grow up in a small town, but be around townies. Tom and I were townies. I still think I'm a townie. Townie's a guy that like never wants to leave that town, knows everybody in town, doesn't want to leave, the, go to the other. I don't, when I'm, every time I'm home in my hometown, Stoneham, I'm like, yeah, I go to Stoneham for everything. I'm going to get a sub at Anthony's. I'm going to get an ice cream cone at Dairy Dome, which is now gone. There's another place. I don't want to fucking go there. You know, everything's in Stoneham. That's that's my town. 
townie. And Tom, it was born and raised in Stoneham, knows everybody. He's like, oh, I know this guy. Like, you could ask Tom, like, dude, my mom's, he, like, if you needed to get, a, like, a, if you wanted to get a used freezer for your garage, you know, like the open ones you can keep meat in, he knows a guy. He's like, oh, you know, I got a buddy who's, uh, I know this guy. He can get you, free. like, he would just know someone. Name it. Yeah, I'm thinking. About, I want to get a sit-down mode uh, before you go. Before you go buying one, I, I know a guy. Let me let me make a couple calls. Anything you need, anything. You know, we got wallpaper up in the. You know, we're trying to get this wallpaper down. It's a pain in the ass. He's like, I know this guy who does it. You know, things that people don't do anymore. Anyway, my neighbor makes fun of me, her daughter, because she's like, oh, Jay always has a guy, has a buddy. So my buddy owns his hotel. He owns a couple boutique hotels, Hotel Covell. If you're ever in L.A., uh, he owns Hotel Covell in Los Feliz, and then he owns the Firehouse Hotel in downtown. They're both awesome. They're boutique chill, but beautifully well done. And he's like, he's just, he's this dude worked his ass off, came to L.A., booked a ton of commercials, took that money, saved it, went, took a class at UCLA Extension of how to open a business, like specifically a restaurant, Learned everything you need to know, opened a bar, paid that bar off in the first year, all as investors, like was smart about it, then opened a restaurant, then opened a bar, then a bar, then a restaurant. Now I think he's got, in 10 years, this is the kind of guy that you look at your 10 years, you're like, Jesus Christ, what have I done? He's got two hotels, like five restaurants and like six bars. And you're just like, good Lord, dude. Uh, anyway, for our kids' uh, silent auction at the school, I asked him to give us a night stay at the hotel, which he did. Of course, we want that night stay. We bid on it. We went the highest bidder. We won it. So now we have that night stay. So I'm looking at the calendar. Now, if I'm going to do a night stay at a hotel, I got to make sure that Kate has the day off the next day. I want to roll up to the hotel so we can leave. It's a staycation. We can leave the house Get to the hotel at 3 o'clock. She's got to work. Fine. You can just work from the hotel. I'll chill. There's no pool there, you know. We've done the pool stuff before. But we can just chill. I can go on the patio. I can just lay down. Whatever. Then we go to that dinner that night, and then I got tickets to a, a play, right? I got Hamilton tickets. If you don't know anything about Hamilton, it's like been like the number one musical on Broadway for the last like I don't know six years straight and tickets you would think at that point tickets would go down no they're like ridiculously high but I was looking at them like we got the hotel stay and my in-laws are in Arizona they go out there every year until like this certain date and I was like called them I'm like hey when are you gonna come out to LA next and like we don't know and I'm like what do you think about coming off Arizona and then I can do this night with Kate so I don't have to pay a babysitter because if you're paying an overnight babysitter which you know they got to take him to school I'm like it's too it's going to be another 250 bucks something stupid like that like if you live in a town where your in-laws or your parents can watch your kids God bless okay God bless because we do not and uh, it's pricey okay anyway I dialed it in I got the I booked the hotel and I got the tickets. And they were pricey. Check this out. I go to book, book them online per ticket. Per ticket service fee. Take a guess in your mind right now. 
whatever you're thinking is higher. You've bought tickets before. You know what a service fee is. Comedy club is like $3.50. Maybe like the theater, $17. Now you're getting high. You're like, 17 bucks. What the fuck? Maybe for like some crazy third-party courtside seats at a Laker game, 50 bucks. I don't know. I've never bought them. But I'm guessing something like that. These, $103 per ticket. Service fee. I was like, what service are you fucking talking about, dude? That's insane. And what ha- what I found out is, so I, basically I called them and I'm like, yo, your service fee is like crazy. And they're like, oh, well, this is the theater. They're like, that's a third-party vendor. And I go, so what, they buy up all the tickets? And she's like, yeah, they buy up the tickets and then they resell them. But they have to have permission. You can't just be reselling. And they charge a service fee of $103. So she's like, you know, if you come to the box office, you can just buy them with no fee. I was like, all right, I'll see you in an hour. Drove up there with the kids, get in line, go up to the counter. I'm like, hey, how you doing? They're like, great. I go, yeah, I want to buy two tickets for this date. She's like, oh, great. Gives me the seating map. Where would you like to sit? And I was like, uh, I was looking online and the mezzanine, I think, is fine. That's like, that's those are like the cheapest seats. And uh, she's like, oh, the mezzanine's all sold out. And I was like, I just was looking online and there were tons of tickets. And she goes, yeah, that's a third-party vendor. And I was like, I drove. I go, okay, all right. I go, so what do you have available? And she's like, just down here in the orchestra, you know, like close to stage. And I was like, all right, well, how much are those? They were $100 more than the tickets online is what they were. And I go, I drove here to save $100 on tickets you know, and she's like, yeah. And I was just like, man, I go, why are you letting these third-party events? Then I'm getting annoyed. You know when you like, you might not necessarily think something isn't correct or shouldn't be a certain way, but then all of a sudden you're it's affecting you, so you're taking a stance against it? That was me. That was me. I was like, why are you guys selling to third-party vendors and then they're fucking us over? Sorry, my kids. I'm like, sorry, don't say that word. And she's like, yeah, I know. It's just like... And I was like, so I have no choice. Now I've driven the now I've driven an hour and I got the kids out and we're going it was this is the deal. We're gonna go get my favorite pizza. It's in, in Los Angeles, Larchmont Pizza. I haven't eaten there in forever. But when I have, I love the pizza one and two, I love the location. See, that's the deal with me. It's not always gonna be about how good the food is. It's gonna be the location, the atmosphere, the owner. There's a place in Santa Monica called Bruno's. It's an Italian joint. You know who waits on you? Bruno. That's who. You know what? You, th- you think they make their own fucking pasta? No, they're pouring it out of a fucking box. You think their fucking marinara is scratch? No, it's not. God forbid you get the Alfredo. It is not good. I get a carbonara. Still not good. I don't give fucks. You know why I love it? Because Bruno is the one who's waiting on you. Because the first time I went in there, I ordered a white wine and he got in my face over it. That's why. I'm like, that's where you want to go. Anyway, uh, Larchmont Pizza is not as... I don't know if it's as good as Mulberry Street, which is my favorite pizza in LA, but I love the vibe. And so I said to the kids, I'm like, here's the deal. We got to run an errand. I couldn't tell them what I was doing because if they know, they're going to go tell their mom. Dad got you Hamilton tickets stop so i didn't tell him i'm just like just wait in line and then we we're gonna go get pizza so now like i'm with this woman i just i i passed i first of all i need a gift second of all i passed on the experience on the phone or the online to save 200 bucks and now i'm like 
gonna pay it anyway. And I was like, I'm fucked. And I need that date now because now I've booked the hotel and I have my in-laws changing their flights to come for that date, you know? Anyway, I spent a lot of money on them. And all this is to say, uh, my wife told me not to do something and then it was in my head. I was like, yeah, I should fucking go do that because now she's going to get me something that's like not crazy expensive and I just shot, but you know, we're going in March and her birthday's in March. So I'm going to tell her this is part of your birthday gift, you know, like, cause as a family, here's the deal. When you're married, there's no more, there's no more fucking, Oh, look what I did for you. No. Like when I first started dating my wife, we go out to dinner and she'd be like, I'm getting drinks or I'm getting dinner. And I'm like, I, are you out of your mind? I got it. Like our first date, we go out for appetizers and drinks. Right. And she's like, I'm paying for this. And I was like, no, you're not. And she's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, no, you're not. And I took the check and I paid. Then we went to a show. I was doing stand-up. And then we went to Magic Castle. Is this magic club. And as soon as we got in, she's like, uh, I'm buying drinks. And I was like, okay. You know? I'm like, why am I going to... This woman wants to be a part of this date and buy drinks. I was like, yeah. And I never dated anyone like this. I never there was never a girl I dated like seriously that was like paying for shit or would offer to pay for stuff. Like I was usually what would happen was I'd meet a girl, I'd be like this chick is dope. So then we'd start dating and I'd be taking her to nice restaurants, all the best places, blah 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 blah. Then she'd be into me and then I'd be like, "Listen, I got to slow down. Like I don't have any money. I'm like trying to show you like the way I want life to be, but this is not how I can afford life." And then you know, then we it would fizzle up. So to see that with her. So then when we started dating, there were times where she's like, "No, no, no, I'm I'm buying dinner." Or like, what another thing? She had a corporate card, so every now and then she'd take me out on the corporate card. Like if she had to do something. Like I remember on her birthday, we started dating in December. Her birthday was in March, right? So we had like gone on a date, and like when we first started dating. We were dating once a week. We go on one date a week because she traveled and I was traveling. And so now we're like getting close to her birthday and she's like, hey, it's my birthday. We're all going out to this place. A lot of your friends, like, do you want to come? And like all my friends were invited because she, that's how I met her was through a mutual friend. And I was like, yeah. And so we got on a date like the week before and that was like a day or two days before her birthday. And she hits me up and she goes, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go... Like, do you want to go to lunch with me? And I go, all right. She goes, I want to go to the Ivy. She used to like going to the Ivy and getting like a vodka gimlet. She's like, I'm treating myself on my birthday. And it's kind of like a work expense because I have to go see a an account over there. Then I'm going to go get lunch with you and I'll pick it up on my account. And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, and then will you help me? I want to get like a new dress for my birthday. Will you help me go look for a dress? And I was like, sure. It's like my favorite thing. I love shopping for women's clothes. I can't stand when you see these every commercials of dudes sitting there holding his chick's purse, waiting in that fucking seat. I just have to wait in this seat, I guess. Well, she does. Shut up. I'm so tired of that stereotype. Like, how about like uh, looking with her? You know what I mean? How about like, yeah, what about this sexy fucking dress? And she'd be like, I don't know. And then she tries it on. And you look at her. And that's when you can tell her fucking in private in like a secluded room how fucking hot she looks in it yeah that's how you build sex 
I don't know what bill sex means. But, like, who cares? I like it. That's what I'm saying. So we went looking for a dress. I picked out the dress. Um, she couldn't find a dress she liked. And I was like, what about this one? That's the one she bought. Anyway, back when you were, like, just dating chicks and didn't live together, when they would pick up the tab, it was great. Now, like, if we go out to dinner and my wife's, like, just put it on the American Express, which is her card. Mine's the MasterCard. It's like she's going to – even though she's paying it out of her – like we have – we're linked on all of our accounts, but, you know, she still – she pays her bills. I pay my bills. You know what I mean? Like that's the way it goes. So even if we put it on her card, I'm not going to see that bill that I have to pay, but she is, and it's all the same thing. No one's benefiting here. So anytime I get her an expensive gift or she gets me an expensive gift. It's fucking the two of us. You know what I mean? People are like, what are you getting for Christmas? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I live with her every day. I There are days when I go out and I'm in a store and I see a dope sweater that I think she would look awesome in. I buy it and it's probably too expensive, but it, there's no occasion. You know, I just do it. So it's like when Christmas comes around, you're like, I don't know. What, now I gotta get you something special. What? What would? What do you need that's special? Every other time you're dating a chick and you're getting them something, you're trying to get them to be with you forever. She's with me. She's not going anywhere. Anyway, I still got her fucking Hamilton tickets, dude. What? Those are special. They're fucking so expensive. Um, I'll have you know. I'm making donuts tomorrow morning, which would be yesterday for you guys, um, because some of you wrote in, told me your Christmas traditions. I said I was going to do it, and I'm totally doing it, and I can't wait. I'm also making Christmas night. I make this rosemary bread. Here's the deal. If you're lucky enough to live in a climate like I do, rosemary bushes grow fucking everywhere, and they grow like weeds. If you plant a tiny rosemary bush... In a year, it's going to be a giant bush, and you can clip it, and it's never going to go away. Never. You can go walks. You can go for walks around my neighborhood, and you will see rosemary everywhere you go. So, to not embrace it and make rosemary this rosemary bread, we we used to have back when we didn't have kids, right? We had friends. This is the kind of shit I miss. We had friends, and you know what? I could just do it again. We had friends that would throw these cooking parties and basically it'd be four couples and every couple got a course and you come over and everyone hang out and socialize and drink and then boom, the first course would come out and then blah, blah, blah. And everyone took it really serious and at the end of the night, they would be like, this is the winner and they, and, and my friends, when they told us, they're like, listen, everyone's pretty hardcore into this. Everyone like takes it serious and so they're like, this being, like they were nervous about having us come. And I was like, okay. And like, this was like, this couple, the dude in the couple, his best friend was my wife's ex. That's how I knew these guys. And so, I mean, I don't know if that means anything, but anyway, they're like, you get cheese plate. We're like, okay, cheese plate. Just something easy. Cheese plate. And everyone had to have like each course, like you would bring like two wines, eight people, two bottles it's a lot of wine for the night everyone drank a bottle of wine i guess huh so i'm like oh if we're doing cheese board which by the way i have it hold on yo so they're like all right you have cheese board i'm like all right 
said to my wife, I'm like, yo, we're going to fuck this cheese board shit up. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we got to make a cheese board. These guys are doing everything from scratch. Like they talked about it. Like, Hey, everyone rolls from scratch. So we went out, I think we got three different cheese, a jelly, a jam, I think a fig jam, a couple mustards, uh, gherkins, gherkies. If you've never seen that gherky short I made, it's the best. I made this gherky short years ago with my buddy Jay, who directed the Christmas special. The first thing we ever did together, and it was about a nickname, and I loved it. It was like my favorite thing in the world. I'm going to post it. I'll post it Friday. Tomorrow. No, I'll post it day of, 26th. Watch, IGTV. I'll have it on Instagram TV. I'll put it, I think it's already on YouTube. Either way, just go watch it. Watch it. That's all you got to do. Go to my Instagram, watch it, and then share it. You know how to share it? You can click a little button, and there's like a little, like uh, like a paper airplane. It's like a mail thing. Do me a favor. I'll post the Gherky short, okay? And then everyone watches on Instagram, and then click it, and then it'll say like what friends you want to send to. Just pick five. Just pick five. I don't care if you don't even know them. Can, can everyone do that? That's all I'm asking. The Gherky short will be out day after Christmas, today. While you're doing this, just stop right now. You're listening on your phone or YouTube or wherever and just go and send it. That's all you have to do. It's going to take you It's going to take you 20 seconds and all that 20 seconds will help me a ton. And I'll see the numbers, you guys. I'll see if you share. You fucking motherfucker. So, we we doll we we get like all the gear. So I say to my wife, I'm like I'm like I'm going to make this cheese board. Well, Thank you. I'm going to make this cheese board, right? And she's like, you are? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, we can't roll in to this crazy competition. Like, we need to do something. They're giving us cheese, the cheese course, okay? No one's winning the cheese course. They're just basically saying, you know, don't feel any pressure. And they don't know how we'll perform. So this is what I did. I made this. I got reclaimed wood. I got all reclaimed wood, right? I cut this to fit, and then I have a piece of slate that goes there, okay? And the slate was finished with, like, a epoxy or, like, you know, like a whatever. You get it. So, like, we had the different meats and cheeses. On this, we had meat, and then we wrote in a white chalk, like, next to everything, but nicely what was what. Up here, there was a thing of fig jam with a spoon. Everything had, like, little spoons. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. We made two types of bread. We made like a sweet bread, like a date nut bread. So I made a date nut bread, which like you put a little cheese on, you put a little jam on. And then my wife, my wife had um, found this recipe. Here's the deal. This is the this is the rosemary bread that I now make. My wife found this recipe and made them one time. And they were unbelievable. Do you know where we got the recipe? Romano's Macaroni Grill. That's their recipe for their rosemary bread. And it's fucking unbelievable. It's super easy to make. And when it's hot, it's insane. So we made it. But I was like, we need crackers, not bread. So we get the sweet bread, 
right? So for the crackers, we made the rosemary bread, right? Then we cut it super thin, put cheese and herbs, and then rebaked them, made crostinis. Boom. That was our cheese board. We won. We fucking won, dude. We won. If you know me, these are the cheese boards I decided, hey, why don't I try and start a business making cheese boards? Like that was going to be a thing. So what I would do is I made a bunch of them. I got more over in the corner, but I'm not going to show them all to you. This is huge, by the way. But this is the kind of thing when you're having a dinner party or a holiday party. Like I put the felt on there and the felt on the back. And then I put these little signs, little pieces of paper. I can't read cheese board this board was made for and then i put your name this board was handcrafted in a tiny outdoor wood shop in the hills of mar vista california (laughs) in la they were made that's all it's basically saying the reclaimed wood for this board was taken from a barn in the in michigan that was built in the 1890s the beautiful tans and blondes are evidence of the years of hot summers and cold winters your board is one of this stock and was built on 11 7 2012 and the date uh the wear of being a barn for 120 years gives the wood different lines than factory processed wood each board is made specifically to fit those lines and makes each board one of a kind i didn't even know i fucking wrote that shit enjoy jay at, jay at cheese board <clears throat> anyway i tried selling them I ended up making like a bunch of them for my friend who has a catering company. I made little ones for like servers and stuff that he puts out on displays. And then my buddy's wife, like, so basically what happened was I I put up a whole business proposal. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sell cheese boards to cheese shops. Now, clearly this is too big, but if you're using actually reclaimed wood and you're making it rustic and you're doing that, it's got to be, it's going to be bulky. If you look at cheese boards at shops, they don't look like this. You know what I mean? They're smaller. The other ones I have are... I've made ones that are a little smaller. Hold on. Like that one. You know what I mean? Wood goes here, slate there. This one's all beat up because it's just been sitting. They've all just been sitting. Anyway, you get it. People, you know... Anyway, it takes a lot of work. And I was like, well, how am I going to have a profit margin on this? Because if you're going to sell it to a place, they need to mark it up. And I was like, all right, what would these go for? Even if they were 80 bucks, what am I going to sell them to them for? 50? So they can make 30 on it. And after 50, what do you want to make an hour? It takes me like two hours to make one. And then supplies and delivery. There was no market for it. Anyway. That's why people do things in a factory. Like this would have to be sold at like some vineyard. And you know, who needs a giant fucking cheese board? It was the dumbest business idea. No one. So my friend's wife bought one for me. I told her, I'm like, I'm selling for like a hundred bucks. She's like a hundred bucks and gave me like all this attitude. And then like I made it and then I had to like touch it up and she brought it back. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't think she ever uses it again. But that was, we don't really talk to them anymore. Was it my fault? Yeah, probably. Anyway, we won that competition, and then they had us back for the... So the next time... So basically, that night, we're at this dinner party, right? Everyone's, like, blown away that, like, we made two types of bread. One we turned into crostinis. We made the cheese board. They were just like, oh, fuck, these guys came to play. Like, that's how hardcore I am. I don't fucking... I'm never going to fight anybody. 
You know what I mean? I'm not going to be a fucking UFC guy. I'm not into that shit. I can't tell you who's the heavyweight champion. I don't know shit. But you bring me to a dinner party where I got to make cheese boards, I'm going to talk fucking shit. So for the rest of the night, anyone else would bust out a course. Someone made this pasta course, and it was delicious. I'm like, well, this is delicious. I'm like, you got to tell us how you made the pasta. And they go, oh, no, we didn't We didn't make the pasta. I'm like, oh, you didn't make the pasta? I'm like, we made the breads. You know, I just figured that's what everyone was doing here. I thought everybody was, you know, I thought we were coming legit. And everyone was like, fuck, dude, he's right. They weren't like, he's a fucking dick. He was right. And I was. So they invite us back for another one. Second time. Now we get bumped up to salad course. We won course of the night. We get bumped up to the salad course. Well, there's a place in Scottsdale, Arizona called Cowboy Chow's. Ever been? If you haven't, next time you're in Scottsdale, go to Cowboy Chow's. They do like a lot of like they take gamey meats, you know, they like they take food that you never would really eat and they make it interesting and they do cool stuff and it's like it's got like a Spanish tapas feel to it, which is one of my favorite stuff. It's Spanish ta- I love tapas in general because you can eat so many different flavors and not, you know. So they do a chopped salad. You ever had a chopped salad? Yeah, okay. Chopped salads are great. Their chopped salad is they have all the ingredients in rows, like strips, okay? And then they come out and then they have a buttermilk ranch that they make and they pour it on and they toss it and then they serve you like that. But the <clears throat> if you're thinking chopped salad, it's like chicken, uh, avocado, lettuce, tomatoes, bacon maybe. It's almost like a cob, you know, whatever your chopped salad is that you get. This, guys, this chopped salad was smoked salmon, arugula, cilantro, dried pepitas, currants, dried sweet corn, tomatoes. I think that's it. Well, my wife was like, yo, we should make that salad and we'll do it the same way they did it. It's like, all right. She dried the sweet corn. She got everything. And we crushed it. We won again. Fucking, they never, they never, they shut it down after that. They never even had a dinner party after that. How do we get there? What, how do we get there? It's the cheese board. I don't know. Anyway, oh, making donuts. Was that it? I don't know. But I'm making the donuts, the rosemary bread. Anyway, when we made the rosemary bread for that, cheese board course we made like a couple of them and the one as soon as it got out of the oven we just cut it up and put butter on it and it was just it was fucking unreal so last christmas last christmas you made rosemary bread i made the rosemary bread and it's like it was everyone's favorite everyone's like dude that are you making the rosemary bread again so i'm making that again and uh probably prep it tonight now I'll make it during the day. And then I'm making those donuts. Making the donuts. My buddy's like, do you have a thermometer? I'm like, no. What, do I look like a guy who has a thermometer? I fucking put it in. I make it. It's done. He's like, well, what if you fuck it up? I'm like, well, then I fuck it up. I, that's my whole life. All I do is fuck things up. All right. So we're not going to have an episode for New Year's. <clears throat> Hold on. This is the New Year's episode. I think we talked a little bit about it before last week but what are your new year's resolutions 
Are you guys making resolutions? Are you not? This is something that means a lot to me. I'm not just fucking around. I asked you for Christmas traditions. Four people reached out. I appreciate it. I love you guys. I'm making donuts because of you. New Year's resolutions. I'm going to post a video on New Year's about something. I don't fucking know. Are you? I don't know. Um, I love making New Year's resolutions. <clears throat> when I was single, my favorite thing when I was waiting tables, because I had no money, January 1st, I would sit down and I would do my taxes. That was the first thing I would do. Because I knew when I put those taxes in, I was going to get a little check. Sometimes it was like 1200 bucks. I think one year I got 2500 between state and federal, you know, because I didn't make any money. And, uh, you know... It was the best. And I used to love January 1st. I was like, I get my taxes done. I'm ahead already on the year. That's done. And I would write out my goals. And I told myself I would find all these goals to share with you guys. But I uh, I don't know where they are. Because I've had them from like tons of different years. One was like, I mean, I had quit smoking on there for like four years in a row. And then I finally did it. But like, you know, so many things. Like I remember when I... Before I moved to LA, I made a list of life goals. Yeah, life goals. I had see the pyramids on there. I had live in a kibbutz. I always want to live in a kibbutz. If you don't know what a kibbutz is, it's like a it's kind of like a utopian society or like community where like people live and there's no money exchanged. Everybody like has a job and you know I think they're in Israel. I always wanted to go stay on a kibbutz for a while, you know, but I probably won't do that at this point in my life. I know my wife's not staying on a kibbutz. It might be cool to take the kids and go stay on a kibbutz for a while. But anyway, you had these like bigger goals and then as you get older, you start switching. But I always make goals. Like that, I'm looking at like a whiteboard right there across from me and that's full of goals for that Christmas special. I'm like this needs in order to get this done, you know, so every year I like making goals. I make goals monthly sometimes. I make them every six months. I make them weekly. It's just like the only way I'm gonna motivate to do anything. Because like, you know, I don't know what you guys do for work. But in my line of work, if you don't set the goals, no one is setting them for you. No one is coming to me and like, have you done any of that work yet? No one. Because that's just not happening. That's not something that you're doing. So, I got a lot of goals. I'm going to tell you guys, last year, I gave up booze last August, August 2018. So, now it's been September, October, November, December, 19 months I've been off booze. I'm sorry, I'm not bright. 16 months I've been off booze. And I said to my wife, I'm like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a lot of changes outside of the booze. There were other things I was changing. You know, I was dieting. I was doing stuff. To, first of all, by the way, I lost, I started at 245 and I got to 208. <clears throat> so almost 40 pounds. And I've put back like 30 of it. You know what I mean? And it's the worst. It sucked. It felt good at times losing that weight. And then there were times like, oh, I fucking hate this. And then you'd have a cheat day or whatever. But I'll tell you, it felt good putting it back on. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'll get those fucking donuts with my coffee and a ham and cheese croissant. You know what I mean? But I feel like it's just weight is going to be something I battle my whole fucking life. Anyone else out there just have that? Like, 
I have friends who it doesn't matter what they eat. They're just not putting on weight. And that's not the case with me. It's like I'll max out, of course. Like there are like numbers I'm not getting past. I feel like I don't even know how you would get to those numbers for me. Anyway, weight's always going to be a battle. I feel like I'm kind of coming to terms with it this year where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do X and whatever my body does, does. I have to like, I have to know that I can't eat donuts every morning. You know what I mean? There's going to be things that I need to know I can't do as a 44-year-old man. Um, but I'll tell you. So I made these goals, a uh, list of things. And I said to my wife, like, here's the deal. I love comedy. I love performing. I love podcasting. I love sharing my world with you guys. And uh, But at the same time, I'm like, you know, if I, can, I would like some normalcy, you know? I would love a regular thing because this is great, but nothing's regular. It's what I make it regular. And so I was like, you know, when I started this, the, the no booze last August, I was like, if by August of 2019, I'm not happy or I'm not more success, like I'm not working more. If I'm not one of those things, I'm going to change my profession and find a new line of work. She's like, really? And I was like, yeah, like I want to be happy and I want to work. Like, you know, I, I hate constantly having to create my work and then prove to people that it's good work, you know? Anyway, here I am still doing it. So clearly I was one of those two things. But now I'm looking at it and I'm like, now I'll be 44 this year, I believe. Yeah, 44. And I'm like, all right, there's going to be new sets of goals. Now, I I don't want to share every goal of mine because, you know, I feel like, so I say all the time that I'm a firm believer in that saying, I don't know what I think till I hear what I say. Meaning, you can think things in your brain, but if you don't say them, then they don't exist. I Because I do believe, I never talk religion because I'm not religious. But in, you know, they say the word, the word is the law. Like this is the word of the Lord in church and shit. But I do believe that when you say words and they leave your mouth, they, they're not physical because they're, you know, they don't, they don't take up space. <laughs> okay. Am I getting into physics? Shut the fuck up. This isn't physics, but they don't take up space. They're words. That's all this is. Everything that's coming out of my mouth are just words. Yeah, you're watching it maybe or you're listening, but they're just words. But at the same time, the second you say them, you give birth to them as if they leave your mouth like a Dr. Seuss book. You know what I mean? And they just like come out and now they exist in the world. You know, it's kind of why I love that saying. I don't know what I think till I hear what I say because you can think it, but until you say it, it's not real. So like you can have, I say this all the time, you have thoughts in your brain that might be racist thoughts. You might have hateful thoughts. You might have uh, vengeful thoughts. You can have any thoughts you want. The difference between a psychopath, okay, and a normal human being is a psychopath thinks that shit and does it. A normal person can think it and be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to fucking go kill that guy in the parking lot because he took my spot. Why would I? Do I think I want to? Sure. Do I think of fun ways to do it? Yes. Am I going to do it? No. Big difference between a crazy person and just a normal person, okay? I don't know what I think till I hear what I say. I love that saying. That's what it is. 
so for New Year's, there are some things that like I'm going to write them down because when you write them down, you're putting them to existence. Like it, it is something that you're focusing on. If you think something in your head, sure, it can be a goal. You can be working at it, but you know, and some of you might be like, Jay, I don't fuck you, dude. I get stuff done. I don't need goals. That's fine. I'm just saying for me, I have to, I have to materialize it. I have to turn it into existence. I have to write it on a piece of paper. And normally I like to handwrite. I've typed out before <clears throat> on my computer and printed it out, but maybe this y'all do it on the fucking typewriter. But I always love that New Year's Eve or January 1st, just sitting down alone and writing out those goals and thinking about like, oh, what am I going to do? What What is this year going to be? And I don't know if you should be looking at time in the uh, definition of weeks and months and hours and minutes. You know what I mean? Like, can't time just be or why do you have to set goals? Well, why do I have to set goals on January 1st? Can't I just set goals in April? Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But you're a fucking liar if you tell me that on January 1st you don't feel different. You do. You're so full of it if you say you don't because you're new again. It's a chance. You know what I mean? Whether your life is great or shitty or in between, each year is a chance. Like you can like reset and be like, oh yeah, it's a fucking new calendar. You take it off the wall. You put a new one up or you know, you look at your computer Whatever, it's new. Whether you say it is or you don't, it's new. And it's a chance. That's why, like, I got to be honest. I got I was depressed all last week. I'm sharing. I was depressed last week for a number of things that I'm not going to... I can't be that open, guys. I just cannot. But I was. And, and I was saying to my wife, she's like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm sad. And I don't know why. I mean, I do know why, but I haven't felt like... I used to feel like this a lot. Full disclosure, I don't know if I ever say it, but I've had gone through depression bouts a fuck ton in my life. And I'm, I've now, I will also like to say I've never been diagnosed, okay? And I've never been on medication. I don't like medication, to be honest with you. I am a believer. Like, I used to get depressed a lot when I was, like, first moved to L.A. and I didn't know anyone. I was living in a condemned house. That's when I went through a ton of depression. But I liked it, okay? I used to look at it like if I can figure out who I am in the depression, then I can I can win through any battle. You know what I mean? Like I always just felt like if I was on any, if I got diagnosed or like, again, I might not have been depressed. I might just be a, a fucking wimp and I couldn't deal with life. Maybe that's how some people look at it. I don't know, but it was crippling at times. But I still fought through it. But I just would like, I I would dive into it. And the great part was I didn't have a wife. I didn't have kids. Uh, I didn't have a ton of people I knew yet. I had friends. But like I didn't have responsibility to anyone that I couldn't live in the depression. Because like when you have kids now, it's like you can't even, they make you so happy. You know what I mean? They fill you with such love and joy that you can't even be depressed. And you just want to be like, fucking get out of here. Can I just be depressed for a little while? Please. I would love to feel sorry for myself. I would love to be feel like I have nothing. When you're just like, no, you, you got everything. They're these two humans and a great wife. But anyway, I was going through this like sadness and this depression. And I haven't ever been a guy that feels that way during the holidays. 
That's never been me. It's always been like, I love holidays. And again, I kind of like depression because I look at it as like, a, yeah, you you just like figure out who you are or you experience things differently. It's like, I always get annoyed when people are like, oh, it's raining again. I'm like, yeah, it's it's a day. This is just a different way. Like you can't get upset about puddles because it's part of rain or, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. That was never me. So anyway, I was going through this like a week and a half, two weeks ago. It sucked. And I'm not saying I'm out of it in that I'm not feeling sad, but I'm aware now of why I was so down. And because of that awareness, it is making me question these things. And I was like, oh, well, these things are the things that made you depressed. So do you want them in your life? Even though you're feeling better now, they're still there and they're still parts of the reason that got you depressed. And they're still parts of the things that like held you down. And it's like, well, do I want those in my life? Now I can overcome them, right? By, for me, setting goals, focusing on them and doing the steps it takes to achieve those goals. And in doing that, I get past these, a couple of these things that are holding me down. But for me, I looked at them and I've been looking at them, and this is part of my goals for the year, and it's saying, if those things are still there at the end of this year, then I'm going to make a change in my life, you know? And the reason I love New Year's is because you can be so optimistic about how you're going to handle these shitty things that are holding you down. Because let's let's be straight up. It is a <laughs> fucked up time. <laughs> it is a fucked up time in the world. It is so crazy. It is so crazy. Listen, I don't know where you stand politically. Whatever. Go ahead. It, it, to me, it almost doesn't matter who's in office. The world is still fucked. Okay? I don't know if you know this, but we're dropping bombs in other countries all the time. That's happening all the time. That's not even something that's on the forefront of our brains. And you might be like, oh, Jay, you conspiracy. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Let me tell you how I know. Because I have gone to bases within the last five years and at those bases I've talked to people who fly B-1 bombers that carry 30 bombs and I'm like so what do you do in a day and they're like oh we take off which costs $140,000 to take off they get in the air they refuel that plane and then they drive around for 14 hours in the air waiting for a call to go drop a bomb somewhere so that's how I know is that being at war? I don't know. I have no idea. But if you don't think innocent people are getting killed with those bombs at least once a month, you're fucking crazy. And the fact and what was I doing there? I was performing for the troops. So don't think I'm I'm not patriotic or I don't believe in our troops. I do. I do. But I also know like what's it just anyway, that's going on. I don't know what your stance on plastic is. I was watching a comedian the other night talk about how dumb it is to use paper straws or to use metal straws. And I'm just like, the fuck do you care? The fuck do you need a a plastic straw so bad for? Is it really such a fucking burden on you to use a metal straw or to have a paper straw? You fucking dummy. It's not. It's not. There is more plastic. If you just think about it, I think what we should all do is for the month of January, don't throw out any plastic. Don't put it in your recycle bin. And don't tell me, well, I recycle my plastic. No, you don't, you fucking idiots. And I'm saying that to myself as well. 
Okay. I've done the research. I have researched it because I did PSAs against plastic use, which I'm going to say this and I'm not tuning my own horn. I'm just telling you guys that it's easy to do. I have not drank from a plastic water bottle. This January 1st will be six years. That's six years I haven't used a single-use plastic water bottle. That's plastic water bottle. It'll be four years that... Now, I gave up all plastic bottles, Gatorade, Coke, all that bullshit. But I will say over four years that I have used a plastic like Coke bottle, only Coke or Pepsi. Never ga- I don't drink Gatorade. Maybe eight times over those four years because I was like in an airport... No, in an airport, they won't give you... There's no cans. Everything's plastic. So I've been pinched or like get delivery for food. And I'm like, I want a goddamn Coca-Cola so bad. And they don't have cans. Okay. They don't have cans at gas stations anymore. So probably eight times. I stopped getting lids on my coffee when I go get coffee. I just go, no, give me this. You know, and I balance it going home. It's just less plastic. And I know what you're saying. It gets recycled. It doesn't get recycled. It doesn't. Think of all the things, the steps it's got to take that you put it in your little, like we keep a bag underneath the sink, put all of our plastic in there, and then it goes in the big blue container, and then that goes in the recycle bin. Along the way, if you're out in public and you're drinking a plastic bottle and you throw it in the trash, there's no recycle bin everywhere. I have friends who live in towns that don't even have recycle bins. You know what I mean? I live in LA. It's like recycle crazy. Everyone at the airport buys a water. I got to get a water for the plane. Fuck you, dummy. Bring a bring your own thing. So if anything, I guess what I'm asking is like, can we all just put it on our list to just be like, yeah, I'll start bringing. And listen, you don't have to be as hardcore as me. You don't have to give up all plastic water bottles. All I'm saying is just start now. Like I see my friends give their kids at home plastic. I'm like, why are you giving them that? Just you have a faucet right there, you fucking idiots. And it's here's my argument. People in Flint, Michigan couldn't get water. They couldn't. You can. If I know in my house, I can get a Brita. Boom. Into the Brita. Boom, boom. I drink it right off the tap. I mean, we use a Brita, but if I just want it, I just grab it off the tap. Anyway. For January, just don't throw out any plastic that you would recycle. Keep it all. And then just look at the amount of space it takes up in your house for one family, for one month. Think about it since plastic was created, where it all is. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's everywhere. So to see people complain about straws or just people, anytime I see people buying a plastic, buying a plastic bottle of water, I'm just like, God, you're so fucking, do you not see? Now, listen to me. I have kids. Do you know how much plastic kids have make for the world? It's stupid. Every little fucking uh, applesauce packet, plastic, plastic top. It makes you sick to your stomach when you have to buy this shit. You know what I mean? So then we like stop. We're like, well, we're not buying those anymore. Let's just buy the big thing. And then they just like, well, wait, wait a minute. And they don't like it. And you're like, fuck you, you dummies. And those are my kids I'm talking to. I don't say that. Anyway, what I'm saying is there's, this is just like, like if you don't believe in global warming, okay, go ahead, don't. Don't believe in it. I'm totally, I'm, being, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm straight up saying, okay, don't. But imagine being in a garage 
with a car on. That's how people die. They fucking die. The exhaust out of a car. Now think about, I live in LA. Every human in LA has a car. Every single one of them. I think it was Roosevelt when they were building LA. They built it around the car. The automotive industry was like, hey, fuck public transpo. Let's, the car is new. Let's make the car be the thing that like this city runs on. That's what they did. So I think there's, what, 7 million people in LA? That's 7 million cars. Think about that just going out. Think about, think about this. I Also, LA is a concrete city. There's fucking roads everywhere. Everywhere. That used to be dirt, grass, plants that give off oxygen, and now we've just covered it all with concrete, and it's all gone. You know? Again, I'm not saying... I, I drive a car. I don't have an electric car. I don't have a hybrid car. We did. I saw our comedian the other day ripping on the fact that people drive hybrids and they're fucking fag cars is pretty much what he was saying. I think that's what he did say. And uh, and I was just like, what? no, man. It's just people are making steps. We all need to make these steps because it's like, yeah, maybe maybe not us. And it, you might not have kids. That's So you don't they don't have to worry about that. But, like, uh, I think I would worry about it whether I had kids or not, you know? I just think I would. I gave up plastic water bottles before I had my son, but, I, I mean, I don't know if it had anything to do with him. I just realized, I'm like, what's the point? I can get wa- I can leave my house right now, and to wherever I need to go, I will p- pass a faucet somewhere. You know what I mean? There's going to be a faucet. You can get water. You just can't. Out in front of CVS, you can buy water, buy the five-gallon jug. You can bring your jug, refill it. Like, I could go there and just pay 20. It's like 50 cents for, like, filtered water. You know, they have those everywhere now. Anyway, whatever. It's not like you guys don't know this shit. Everything is delivered. Think about this. Everything is delivered, right? So if you have Amazon, so people now, they don't go get their groceries anymore at the grocery store right? They have it delivered. So that's what some people do. They just have it delivered. Just take that into account. Someone drives their car, goes to the store, they get it, they they pick it all up, they drive it to you, they're doing all that, you stay home. I don't know, actually at this point I'm like, oh, this actually sounds like a pretty good deal. <laughs> I like going to the grocery store because I talk to people and there's no other way I can get material unless I talk to people. And I have a ton of stuff that's happened at the grocery store that I use in material. So I have to go there. I just think if everything is like shipped, boxed, everything you can get something from Amazon, it's like it's this big box with a little thing in it and it's filled with all plastic blown up like uh, bubble, giant bubble wrap taking up the rest of the space in the box. And you're like, oh, everything's just shipped. People are just like, oh, yeah, just ship it. I mean... I, this is not me on any other uh I'm just saying <laughs> forget politics environmentally we're fucked I eat meat I eat meat but the meat industry is like fucking crazy for the environment you know it's crazy all of it and then uh so there's that there's like you know the chance that we're just going to go at war with countries there's uh what else you know, there's a lot of crazy shit. It's, it's a crazy time to be alive, which is why I always think like setting goals and like, it's like the more you can improve your life. And I, so this dude the other day, I don't know why people open up to me sometimes. I was like, what's up, man? How you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. 
I'm like, you sure? And he's like, no. And he was like almost in tears. And I was like, what's up? And he starts telling me all this stuff. And he's like, sorry to like tell you all. We're not close. And I was like, it's all right. Sometimes we all need to just talk to someone. And I go, I'll, I'll tell you. I just went through a whole thing too, man. So it's nice that you're telling me because sometimes we just need to tell someone, you know? And I used to do this thing and I'm starting it up again because I was... So when I told told you guys that I was going through this depression like a couple weeks ago, it's even weird for me to say that. You know, that's another thing. I don't know if, if this is... I've been in LA so long now. Almost 20 years. Fuck. I moved here in 2000. Almost 20 years. That I don't know if it's like this everywhere else in the world. I feel like people don't tell people when they're hurting or they're sad or they're depressed. At least because of where I live, people look at it as a weakness. You know? They're like, oh... People don't, they're like, oh, I don't want to be around that. Oh, he's got, he's weak. Oh, you know, like in my industry, I feel like people look at you like, oh, yeah, no, he gets depressed, like whatever. And you're just like, oh, I just need, you need people, you know? And like, then you have like best friends and you can't even tell them because you're afraid that they're not going to want to be your friend anymore because you're depressed or you're the guy that needs work. Oh, well, he's work. You know what I mean? And then you're just like, oh, I guess I don't tell anybody. And you're like... Yeah, but you're really hurting. So then what do you have to do? You have to look for the other people that are hurting. But then of those people, are they people that are looking to get better or do they just love to be hurting? You know what I mean? I don't know. So I don't know what it's like everywhere else. But like, I anyway, this kid tells me he's not feeling well. And I was like, yeah, man, I hear you, dude. I was going through the same thing, blah, blah, blah. And I realized, one, I meditated almost for the first like, Jesus like August of last year to like July or June maybe of of this year. And then I haven't done it in like six months now. No, like five months, four months. And uh, I stopped doing that and I was doing an appreciation journal. So every morning I would just write in like one sentence, like something I was grateful for. And this sounds cheesy as fuck. I know. Do you, you know what I mean? Whatever. But it changes your fucking perspective. And I was telling this kid, I'm like, hey, man, you might want to think about doing a, a like a gratefulness journal or an appreciation journal. And I'm like, every morning, you just, the first thing you do or whenever, you go and you write in it and you just say like, I'm thankful. And, you know, how about you just fucking say, hey, I'm thankful for my health. Because look at me. Am I a little overweight? Yeah. Do I have a cold? Sure. Do I have a sprained thumb because I punched the floor because my kids annoyed me? Yeah. I'm off the hook, man. I'm not centered. Yeah. Do I have a hip that has been crazy pain that I went to a physical therapist for for eight months and I couldn't even, I can't exercise because it hurts so bad and they can't fix it? Yeah. Could I run down the street if I wanted to? Yeah. Can't, am I, do I have a heart problem? Am I going in for chemotherapy? No. Do I have, am I on, uh, do I have a disease that's going to kill me? No. Do I have every limb? Yeah. Be grateful for the shit you fucking got. You know how easy it is to say? My fucking hip hurts. We played in a golf tournament. Rob Riggle puts on this golf tournament. Rory Scovell invited me to play in it. And uh, my playing partner was Matt Walsh, who's um, on Veep, and he was in The Hangover. F- super funny dude. And uh, so Rob Riggle puts it on. And Rob Riggle is a Marine. He's an ex-Marine. And the whole thing was for the Zemper Fi Fund, the Marine Fund that helps wounded uh, vets from the Marines, you know, because, again, in this fucked up world, oh, we, put the, we put the fucking military 
like it's this honorable thing to do, right? The military, the commercials, Lowe's talks about how they fucking all of our, we, we support the military. No, you don't. You know why you have to support the military? Because our government doesn't. They go and they fight and they get paid shit and then they get back and then no one takes care of them afterwards. But yet we think it's so patriotic. It's it's a fucking, it's just this crazy circle of lies. It makes no sense. I'm not saying don't support your troops. I'm saying support your troops. I'm saying get our government to support them. You know what I mean? Get our government to support us for Christ's sake. Anyway. At this tournament, there were a lot of volunteers there from the Zemper Phi Fund that were wounded Marines. And Regal, he's such a cool fucking guy. He, like, addresses everyone before the tournament, talks about the foundation, how long they've been doing it, blah, blah, blah. And he said this thing. I'm not a celebrity. There were celebrities there. Matt is a celebrity. Rory, eh. But he says, like, yo, if you see these guys, go out and talk to them, you know? And I was just like, oh, that's so, is that weird? Like, it struck me when he said that. And I was like, why is he saying that? Is that like a weird thing that he's assuming that we wouldn't? And it, and it was. That was my feeling. Yeah, we probably wouldn't. Like, I, you know, I we do that in general in life. So I'm on a whole, my hip's fucking killing. Because like walking around, I have to stretch like every like two holes and shit. And this golf cart pulls up with this woman who works for Zempify and a, a guy who's a volunteer or works for Zempify Foundation. And a great foundation, by the way. They do amazing stuff. Rob was listing it. So if you're looking for a donation this year, I think a lot of people... I told my wife, I'm like, I think, you know, because we don't really go to church. And I, when I say that, I mean, we don't go to church. And we don't practice religion. I was like, we should start raising the kids that volunteering will be our religion. That That's what we'll do. We got to volunteer. So if you're looking to volunteer or to donate money to an organization, look up the Zemperfy, Zemperfy Fund because they do great things. Anyway, so this guy pulls up in the cart and he's got no legs. He's sitting in the passenger seat. And I, all I heard Rob's voice was, go up and talk to these guys. And we're all like walking back to the cart, like getting for the next hole. And I just, I just, and I was like, in my head, I was like, what are you going to talk about? Like, what is he saying? And I was like, just talk, dummy. That's all you do anyway. You know what I mean? I never shut the fuck up. And I just walked up to him like, oh, what are we doing? How's everybody doing? They're like, good. And I'm like, and I just started small talking about bullshit. And it was only because Rob said to do it. I'm, I'm not taking... This isn't like me being like, oh, look at me. I'm so honorable. It's not. I wouldn't... I probably would have just said, hey, and kept on going had I not listened to Rob say, go up and talk to these guys. And it probably means... You know, and he's... T- Rob is probably talking to the celebrities, not me. But I was like, no, it's all of us. It's all of us. We're all part of this, you know? It's like we're all part of it. It's not like it's not just fucking hippies out there saying, "Hey, don't use plastic straws." There's a five five square mile island of plastic trash in the ocean because there is idiots. Go look. You know that that Swedish chick Greta, whatever her name. She's like seeing it. She's saying like, you know, we're gonna kill the earth. Imagine if the earth we we kill it. We're killing it. At the end of the day, this is the thing we live off of. It gives us food. All of our food that's grown is coming off the earth. It gives us oxygen. It gives us water. 
All of it. We're just just fucking beating it in the ground. No one gives a fuck. They're like, no, I don't give a shit. I want a plastic bottle. What do I fucking care? I want to use a fucking plastic straw. So this comedian was saying, I want to use a fucking plastic. Shut up, you fucking idiot. Oh, is it such a hard thing to have a paper straw, you dick fuck? You know that can just decompose into the ground. The plastic straw cannot, you shitty idiot. Anyway, I talked to this guy. And he was so goddamn sweet, man. And I remember, like, I did a, I went to Iraq and performed. You know, both my grandfathers were in the war. They were in the military. Back then, you didn't have a choice. You just got drafted. And so I've always had this sense of patriotism towards the military because of them and because of, like, what it stood for. And we watch movies like Saving Private Ryan and Thin Red Line and Platoon. And these movies, they make you, like, yeah. This is our country. These men give their lives for our country. And then then you just realize now you're just like, uh, what are we fighting for? Where? Why? Why do we drop bombs? Why are all these guys going over there? Because of what? Because we assumed that Saddam Hussein was behind 9-11? That's what? I don't know. Again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't know anything. I just know that that was what was happened. 9-11 happened. And then Bush was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was this guy. And everyone's like, yeah, fucking we wanted, we wanted a reason to go get someone, you know? Um, anyway, I get back in the golf cart and I'm driving with Matt and I go, uh, pretty hard to complain about your hip hurting when you see a guy in out here with no legs. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And we just both kind of like took a minute. We're like, yeah, okay. And again, that just goes back to this gratitude journal is like, it is so easy for us to lose sight of the fact that we have legs, you know, you're like, yeah, well, everyone has, no, they don't. Not everyone does. So if you want to fucking sit there and watch football on Sundays where they have the military out there and like, we're fucking America, then be grateful that you have legs. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, we can't cast it aside. And I didn't, I wasn't really taking that into consideration until I saw that guy. And even more so back when I was doing the appreciation journal. Because when you're writing that appreciation journal, you start like running out of things to be appreciative. Like, Jesus, what can I fucking say? I'm appreciative of my kids. I'm appreciative that I have a roof over my head, that we have food. Because you can take all this shit for granted. You can take everything for granted. You can just be like, yeah, a fucking no. You know what happened? This is bullshit. This is bullshit. And you're like, yeah, it is. And you're like, you have a you have a home. You have a home. Like we don't even own our home. But I remember, like, I sit there, like, our house is like the coziest place in the world right now for Christmas. We got two Christmas trees. We have a fake. We don't have a fireplace that works. So we, I got like the electric one that I use for the special, and it gives off heat. You think I ever thought I'd be a guy with a fake electric fireplace? No, but I love it. And I'm just like, I look around, I'm like, I'm so thankful. Like, we have a place to call our own. You know what I mean? Like, we have a we have a place. <sighs> anyway, I'm sharing all this. First of all, I didn't know I would be. That's kind of what I love about this podcast is when you get out when I turn this camera on and the and the recorder on, 
I just talk and I'll go to places like this and I'm trying to keep myself open so that I can go to these places because I know that there's a lot of people out there hurting because you email me and you tell me how much comedy is a part of your life. And I think that's fucking awesome. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're hurting just a little and you're lacking um, direction or where to go, then write some goals. You don't have to write a ton. I write a ton. I overwrite my goals, and I always think I'm going to fucking crush them. And then don't put them away. I don't care if you write five, okay? And if you want to, if you feel like environmentally you want to do something, just do yourself a favor. You're, you might have to use Amazon, which, by the way, they treat their employees like shit. Um, and go order a, a, a water bottle, like right now. Just like go do it right now. Be like, I'm going to get myself a water bottle. Don't get a plastic one. Get a metal one. I like, um, the fuck is the name of that company? We have like five of them. Everyone like in LA was giving them away with every like funnier die would give them away at like you go to a festival for them. We had a ton of them. Swell. Swell bottle. Okay. Because the swell bottle keeps them cold for like 48 hours and warm for 20, no, cold for 24 and warm for 12. So you can like get ice water out of the fridge or water out of the fridge, pour it in there, go for a hike. Even in the sun, it's still going to be ice cold. It's kind of a good deal. You don't have to put ice cubes in there. Or if you want something hot, you know, swell bottle's great. And then you're going to realize you're going to start drinking more water. You're going to like, you know, anyway, just do that. But if, you, if you're feeling down once in a while, even if you're not, do a, do a gratitude journal every morning. If you're commuting to work, you could have it be your routine. You pull into the parking garage, get out your gratitude journal. It takes one minute, one minute to write one sentence. You know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I got to work five minutes early. It can be as simple as that. But all it does is it, it makes this switch in your brain to start focusing on the things you have and not worry about the things you don't have. And I'm preaching to the choir right now because since I stopped doing that, that's was leading to more of my depression is watching social media, seeing so many comedians crushing it and me being like, I'm in a fucking garage, (laughs) you know, but why should it matter? This is my life. This is, and I'm lucky to have what I have. But if I start focusing on the fact that I see other comedians constantly on private jets and shit, then I'm going to be feeling like a loser, you know? That's going to be all of us. If we're constantly looking at the Kardashians and trying to keep up with them, yeah, unless you're able to like deviate. Now, listen, I forget that there are normal people in the world, and you might be listening. I'm not normal. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm pretty fucked up mentally. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the last thing I was going to say? Fuck. Damn it. There was one other thing I was going to say on there. Oh, I got it. I mentioned last week, you know, if you want me to come to cities, hit me up. You, I'm going to need help, you know. Well, one of you hit me up to come to Canada. And he mentioned Just for Laughs. I did Just for Laughs. It's a comedy festival in Montreal. Montreal Comedy Festival, Just for Laughs. I did it in 2005, New Faces. That's like... In the industry, that's the show everyone goes to. Everyone's like, who are these people? Who's coming up? When I did New Faces in 2005, it was me, Dan Cummins, Joe DeRosa, 
uh, Natasha Legero, um, Joe Coy. Um, who else? Oh, Ryan Hamilton. Alan Carr. Go look up Alan Carr. He's one of the funniest human fucking beings on the earth. He's a British dude. Has a talk show now. He's like huge. Not He's not Jimmy Carr. Alan Carr. So goddamn funny. Uh, one of the greatest jokes he did. I remember like it didn't get a big laugh. I was punching a wall. I was laughing so hard. He goes, uh, he goes, uh, back in London, I work at a call center. My boss has written on her wall, you don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. And then, like, he took a beat, and he goes, it was written in her own shit. And I fucking laughed my ass off. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, who else? There was, a, there was a couple other people on there that are, like, destroy. I mean, Joe Coy is murdering it. Natasha is murdering it. Um, <sighs> Jamie Kaler. Jamie does really well. Anyway. And then there's a lot of comics that are murdering right now that weren't even close to New Faces at that point. I was three years into comedy when I did New Faces. Way too early, probably. And it didn't really... It, I got a late night spot off it, but nothing else. Anyway, I've never been back to New Faces. I've never been back to Montreal. I did really well at that show. I remember Joe Coy and I, that's when I met Joe. And he'd been in the game for a while at that point. I think he's 25 years in. I'm 18 so he's seven years ahead. He was 10 years in when I was three years in. You know what I mean? Like, think of it like that. He's doing new faces, 10 years of of fucking experience. And he was, he was the funniest guy. We were in the green room. He and I didn't give a fuck. We were like, everyone was nervous because there's new faces. And Joe and I, I just met him like, this is my favorite human being on the earth. Like, we kept in touch for a little while after that. But he was like on this different tra- trajectory. He had a... His son was born. He had a son. He was like working at a bank, still working at a bank, trying to like, you know, support his life, you know, and get his stand. He was like touring, but doing the bank. Anyway, he was the greatest. I fucking loved him. If you've never seen Joe Coy, go see Joe Coy live and go watch his podcast and go look at his videos and just let him know the through line sent you because he's the best. Anyway, so I've been to Montreal, dude. And uh, the guy who was in charge of it, like really liked me and um he would ask me to like the next year i would host like showcases for people going to montreal but they've never had me back since and i always was like why aren't i going back like what do i need to do like they they asked me to host their showcases and i got along well with the guy but they just never had me back and it's definitely a goal for this year is what i'm saying one of my goals this year it's in july and so i'll be working towards getting that going and um Last thing is January 15th, I'm doing a show at the Westside Comedy Theater at 10 o'clock. If you're in LA and you're still listening to this podcast, come. Tickets are like 15 bucks. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do a bunch of stuff at that show. So I would love to see you there. Fahim Anwar is going to be there. Ruben Paul is going to be there. Mark Saratella will be there. It's going to be fun. I might have one other comic and then I'm going to just do a shitload of time. I'm going to do crowd work, storytelling, stand-up. I'm going to do it all. So please come. January 15th, Westside Comedy Theater. Guys, I hope you have had an amazing New Year. Because that's New Year's has already happened. Oh, no. Christmas has happened. Have an unbelievable New Year. Please, please, please share with me. Email me. DM me. 
your New Year's resolutions and things that you're working towards. I'll share mine. I'll I'll read them off next podcast. I'll try if I get the list done. Because I'm going to Portland for New Year's Eve. I think those shows are sold out. I don't really know. Not because of me, because it's New Year's. Anyway, I love you guys. Have a great, great, great New Year's. I hope your Christmas was amazing. Your Hanukkah was amazing. Your Kwanzaa. Whatever that you're celebrating. If you're not celebrating anything, I hope you're amazing. Let's all come together and make changes in ourselves that will change not only us, but the world around us. Because this world's getting fucked up. We got to get down to a smaller little area and focus on make that change here and then you can spread out. We can't, I don't know if you can, it's just too immense right now. I love you guys. I appreciate you listening. It means means more than you know. And uh, I'll talk to you. The next one will be in the new year. All right. Holla.